Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Staff Insights. Today we'll look back at 2023, discussing key developments in Asia, Europe and the US. We'll focus on legislative and market developments and we'll highlight key trends to watch as we head into 2024. I'm Julia Squadrin, Associate Editor for Argus Biofuels, and joining me today are Argus experts Alfonso Berrocal, Business Development Manager in London for Middle Distillates and SAF, Louis Burke, Global Head of Aviation and VP for Business Development of Renewables for North America, and Lauren Moffitt, Deputy Editor for Argus Biofuels in Singapore. Lauren, let's start with you then, and, um, and with a view on the Asian staff market. Um, what key developments have you seen in 2023 from a legislative point of view in Asia? Yeah, thank you, Julia. So discussions over SAF legislation have progressed in the region this past year, though there was still little in the way of new firm mandates. So firstly, Japan's Trade and Industry Ministry, or METI, in May unveiled plans to introduce a SAF mandate as well as tax exemptions to achieve the country's previously announced target of 10% SAF to airlines at Japanese airports by 2030, uh, though it is still ironing out the details. So with this target, Japan currently looks set to become the most notable market for SAF in the region, and METI forecasts demand will reach 1.71 million kilolitres per year by 2030. We've also had developments outwhere, out elsewhere. Sorry, So China launched a consultation on developing a national standard for SAF and is expected to release a SAF roadmap and subsidy mechanism soon. Its Civil Aviation Administration had previously set a modest target for 50,000 tonnes of SAF demand during 2022 to 2025 in its 14th five-year plan, but no firm blending ratio. Um, and Malaysia released its National Energy Transition Roadmap in August, which mentioned the intention to establish a SAF blending mandate, starting at 1%, though without giving a timeline for this. It also proposed a target of up to 47% by 2050. And finally, Indians, uh, sorry. And finally, India's Union Minister for Petroleum and Natural Gas announced in the quarter the first quarter of 2023, the potential for a 1% SAF mandate starting in 2025. Though again, this hasn't been firmed up yet. Thanks, Lauren. Um, and what about any developments in the supply and demand trends instead? Sure. So in terms of voluntary demand, there have been quite a few developments. The Association of Asia-Pacific Airlines announced in early November that its members will pursue 5% SAF use by 2030. So members include China Airlines, Singapore Airlines, Malaysia Airlines, Garuda Indonesia and Japan's ANA Group. Shortly after this, Singapore Airlines and its budget arm, Scoot, announced separately that they're targeting 5% SAF use in their total fuel requirements by 2030. So Singapore Airlines said it is in discussions with fuel suppliers to buy SAF, but we'll give further details on these later. And a key development on the supply side this year has come from Indonesia, where state-owned oil, state oil company Pertamina supplied domestically produced SAF to a commercial aircraft under National Airline Garuda International for the first time in October. So it already began trial production of SAF at its Silisap refinery in 2021, but has really ramped up testing this year. And Indonesia will now prepare a national roadmap for commercial SAF use and production, um, according to its Ministry of Energy and Minerals Resources Director, um, Yudo Dwinada Priyadi, at the Indonesian Palmo Conference in November. So this is quite significant because the country has actually had a SAF mandate in place since 2016. Um, 
started at 22% uh, in 2016 and was intended to rise to 5% by 2025, but it's never come close to meeting these so far. So the recent progress on um, domestic production and commercialization means there is a prospect that um, the outlook for SAF demand in Indonesia might improve in the coming years. Um, lastly, we couldn't finish um, a review on the supply situation in Asia without talking about um, the biggest um, existing product producer in the region, Neste in Singapore, who completed um, the expansion of its Singapore HVO and SAF refinery in May, which was due to bring on stream up to 1 million tonne per year of SAF capacity. But production has been slow to ramp up due to unexpected equipment repairs in June and again in September. Neste said in October that its new line would restart again and reach 75% capacity utilisation by the end of 2023. Also in Singapore, Shell actually announced it was cancelling plans it had had to set up a biofuel unit that would have had 550,000 tonnes per year of SAF, HVO and renewable chemical capacity. So although it didn't give a reason for this, market participants all thought it could be a combination of a lack of firm SAF blending mandates um, within Asia that we've already mentioned, as well as potential feedstock shortages. Thanks, Lauren. So, I mean, in light of all of this, if we look ahead to 2024, what are the expectations? Do you see SAF demand in the region pick up significantly? Or if not, um, you've mentioned more volumes coming online. So if the regional demand is not expected to grow, um, where do you think most of the sub volumes uh, that will be produced in the region will go? Mm. So, yeah, in short, we aren't expecting a significant uptick in demand next year in the region. So, as I already mentioned, legislation is still in the early stages in most cases and voluntary demand is generally targeting later in the decade. Um, so there have been several new off-ticket agreements secured in 2023 in the region, including Japan Airlines and ANA that both agreed to off-take from Itochu in January this year, and Malaysian Aviation Group, which announced an off-take agreement with Petronas Dagangan in May 2023. But these won't start until 2025 and 2027, respectively. So next year, for 2024, we are still expecting um, most SAF produced in Asia to head to the EU market. Um, so the market here will really be looking um, to demand on the EU side um, to drive the, the pricing. Thanks, Lauren. Um, and thanks for the, this overview on, uh, on the Asia market. So let's, let's move on to the European and the US side now. So Alfonso, let's let's go with you first and, and have a look at the European side then. Um, what have been the main highlights on the European SAF market in 2023? Hi, Julia, and thank you for the question. One of the uh, highlights uh, this year, it has been the announcement of uh, by the European Commission of the SAF mandate, which will start in January 2025 with a 2% blending ratio, followed by a 6% in 2030. There may be still uh, unknowns like the impact of the 10 years flexibility mechanism on the distribution of the molecules between different airports uh, in different countries, how the European Commission will calculate the price of SAF for the non-compliance penalty or whether the market will be ready to meet the 1.2% synthetic sub-mandate in 2030. 
But the good news is that there is a regulatory frame in place to support the transition from fossil to bio. Another uh, highlight, it has been the increase in supply capacity. Neste has started operation at their Singapore plant. Maybe not a smooth start, but this can be expected. Chinese staff has already landed in Europe this year, and ST1 and Repsol are lined up to start producing in 2024. All of these new sources are Hefa staff, but there has been as well a number of refineries co-processing small volumes in Europe. And finally, I would not say that there has been a major increase in corporate demand, uh, and the aviation industry is assessing how to execute the free allowances issued by the European Commission and how to best surrender their emission savings to the ETS. Thanks, Alfonso. Luis, what about North American said? Have we seen any particularly interesting developments in the US? Yes. Hi, Julia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this year we saw new incentives come into effect in the U.S., uh, which was really helpful in promoting more plans for SAF production. So if you recall, in the U.S., one of the key issues we had was that the environmental credits, such as the federal program, the RIN, and the state-based programs, favored renewable diesel production. So this year uh, we have a new SAF incentive under the Inflation Reduction Act, which came into effect as well this year. And it's a two-year program, so transitions into a clean fuels production credit for three years after that. But it currently allows $1.25 per gallon credit for each gallon of SAF sold. If SAF has a life cycle greenhouse gas reduction of at least 50%, it increases by one cent up to $1.75 for each percentage point that the life cycle emission reduction exceeds 50%. So we, we've looked at this, um, we're pricing it, and we've pegged the current number at about $1.50 a gallon. And it's based on using tallow as a feedstock here, which is in the U.S. the current main source of supply. Um, we also saw three new state programs come into effect. So the Illinois state tax credit came into effect uh, in June of this year for, for 10 years. Um, it creates $1.50 per gallon sustainable aviation tax credit for airlines. And, and in, interestingly enough, that state, the state of Illinois, ranks fifth in the U.S. for jet fuel demand. Um, so it's really important. Um, it is it's given to airlines operating in the state that buy the fuel, not the producers. So slightly different point on the value chain. And it's only for domestic flights, not international. But I think this is uh, really interesting because one of the most um, interesting pieces of news once this legislation was passed is that airlines were requesting SAF at Chicago airports and SAF uh, suppliers were reviewing logistics of, of moving to product to the region. So that's all a, a positive step. Uh, the state of Washington also passed a bill um, which was going to expand and incentivize SAF. That would give producers in Washington a dollar per gallon tax credit for 10 years starting July 1, 2024, if there's capacity uh, in the state of Washington of 20 million gallons. And then finally, Minnesota also passed legislation this year, and that's to really support both the sustainable aviation industry and the agricultural sector. Minnesota is very strong in that area. 
Um, and so that that tax credit also provides $1.50 per gallon uh, for fuel produced or blended in Minnesota and sold um, for use in planes departing the Minnesota airport. So all exciting on the tax credit side. And then finally, on the production side, we saw a new SAF producer this year. Montana Renewables started producing SAF uh, in April. So that was uh, that was very exciting to add to the supply. Thanks, Louise. Quite a lot happened there, sounds like. Um, but Alphonse, let's, let's get back to you. So if we focus a little bit more on the SAF pricing purely, what trends have we seen this year and what do you see or what do you expect to see develop um, when it comes to, to hedging? I think we can say that 2023 is the year when the market comes to realization that the end game is moving towards a liquid transparent SAF index, which is listed and ultimately allows to hedge. Some companies may not hedge, and that itself is a way of managing the risk, but many others do. And they need a hedging option in place. So as the market transitions towards a sub-index, we have seen this year other pricing mechanisms as well. We have seen companies using jet fuel plus a big premium, which can be about twice of the value of the jet fuel. In this case, you can hedge the jet, which is about 30% of the value only of the SAF, but you are using a fossil to price a biofuel, which are disconnected. We have, we have seen as well companies using uh, used cooking oil plus, uh, plus a premium, which can be as well about uh, twice of the value uh, of the uh, used cooking oil. This is somehow a cost plus approach where you float the price along together with the fee stock. So you are using a biofuel to price the SAF, which are connected, but it cannot be hedged as they're not really used cooking oil swaps. And there is another pricing mechanism, which is using HBO class two plus a much smaller premium because HBO class two shares the same fee stocks than SAF, used cooking oil, and the same production process, which is HEFA. In this case, you're using a biofuel to price the SAF, and you can hedge about 75% of the value of the SAF. Now, the liquidity of the HBO swaps have been uh, has been growing in the last weeks of 2023, but it is still thin. So it will be important to monitor this liquidity for 2024. Thanks, Alfonso. Let's maybe wrap up with you, Luis, and, and let's look ahead at 2024. How do you see the SAF market develop and what are the key challenges and key opportunities ahead in terms of market development and, and pricing? Um, that's a great question, Julia. Um, in North America, we're very excited about the first alcohol to jet facility, which will open in January 2024. That's Lanza Jet Freedom Prines facility that's based in Soperton, Georgia. Um, so we're, we're now seeing second gen technology proceed. Um, so uh, I think that's a reflection of, of some of the commercial incentives that have existed for these plants. So that that's great news. The other interesting development here in North America is we now see the implementation of the first obligation on conventional jet. 
Um, this has not happened before. Here we are in the U.S. and, and in Canada, we're feedstock neutral, technology neutral, um, incentive-based versus obligation. But in the province of British Columbia, the LCFS program um, there, um, which has allowed SAF to generate credits, but not previously imposed a carbon reduction requirement, will now require a 2% reduction in carbon intensity for jet fuel. And that's beginning in 2026. So this is a new development. Uh, we start to see potentially in California with the carbon intensity requirements there um, and the change in carb to try to uh, increase the amount of carbon intensity reduction from a 20% level to 35%, uh, they could also add conventional jet as a compliant fuel. So that would be the second program in North America. So we're really following this closely. And, and the other thing that we were um, excited about is that here we've launched a SAF 100 index. And it's being used by bioplan operators because they're trying to review the current slate of benefits in each region, um, compare producing renewable diesel versus SAF. Um, and so this calculation allows them to review the profitability of producing SAF versus renewable diesel. So here in the US, we now have a West Coast market surveyed price and a West Coast stack of credits. So you can kind of estimate the green premium, which I think a lot of the market participants are valuing. And it gives them a sense of what kind of demand is out there for SAP. So we're all excited. So lots of new um, opportunities and programs uh, continuing to promote SAP here in, in North America. Thanks, Luis. Yeah, sounds like going into 2024, legislation has been taking shape and we can expect more production and, and, and more activity in the SAP market. So thank you very much, um, Luis, Alfonso and, and Lauren for joining me today and for your views on the market and um, your expectation for 2024. I think for our listeners, um, for our listeners, if you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to tune in for the other episodes in our series, SAF Insights. And for more information on Argus global coverage of the sustainable aviation fuel market, please visit argusmedia.com forward slash staff. Thank you very much again. Merry Christmas and see you all in 2024.